You are listening to a Natural Products Insider Podcast. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side East, April 10th and 11th. Insider Podcast. Uh, my name is Rachel Adams, the Managing Editor, and today I'm at Supply Side West in Las Vegas, and I have with me Shui Song Lee, who is the Director of the Management Consulting Practice at Klein & Co., uh, and she works specifically in the nutraceutical and beauty industries, and that is why she was a speaker during our Exploring Opportunities in the Natural Beauty Market workshop here at Supply Side West. Uh, hi, how are you? Good. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for having me here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad we could have you on the podcast. Today we get to talk to Shwe Song about some of the content she covered in her presentation. We're going to be looking at uh, the natural beauty market, uh, the natural personal care market, uh, and we're going to talk about that today. So without further ado, uh, Shwe Song, can you tell me a little bit about the global personal care market overall in terms of how it's performing and what are some big areas that are impacting the market? Okay, so the global personal care market is still a very attractive market. Um, from the value perspe- perspective, it is estimated at 400 to 400 billion US dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at wow. a retail sales level. And the growth wise is also decent, is growing at 4% annually. Wow. And then, then back to the question about you asking some of the excitements going on. So several big trends that's shaping and driving this market is um, personalization um, still going strong, natural still there too, and there's also preventative care, um, also beauty and more accessible than ever, and then influencers um, that the collaboration with the brand owners, mm-hmm. um, makeup category, there's makeup free movement, then there's also the bold and the beautiful uh, movement. And also male grooming and um, makeup is another category that has uh, been driving the growth and contributing to the growth of the personal care market. Wow, there's definitely a lot going on in the personal care market. Right. Basically, if you look at the consumer side, then um, the aging population, the boomers, and then the millennials, and then the male consumers are contributing to the uh, growth. So I find it interesting, uh, you mentioned personalization uh, and how that's impacting the personal care market. Um, and I'm just interested to pick your brain about kind of what's happening there. What, what do you see in terms of personalization and, and the beauty care? How is that, um, how is that appearing here in the market? Mm-hmm. The personalization um, is also to do with the millennials, the consumer, mm who are more independent and then that mindset of uh, about me. Um, So actually there are um, brands actually in the US that providing um, like functional juice is a hair care brand. It provides that kind of personalization uh, products you can subscribe to. Um, And then also there are uh, different subscription models you could do Mm -hmm. to choose your products. 
That's very interesting. Maybe that's why I, I always find myself gravitating toward personalized nutrition and so curious about it. It's because I'm a millennial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yes, that's the topical side. We're seeing personalization and then nutraceutical side as well. Mm -hmm. um, there seem to be more personalized products in the, uh, in the nutraceutical space. And then before it seemed to be emerging, but now it's really, if you look at it, it seems to be everywhere. And then consumers also seem to um, embrace that personalization and then be very comfortable with that concept as well. Mm -hmm. it, ma it makes sense, you know, and it makes sense to kind of question how do these products affect me if you're mm -hmm. going to be looking for something that's going to give you the results that you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, so during your presentation, uh, you talked about anti-aging as a growth driver for the industry. Uh, but can you talk about what specifically is driving growth when it comes to anti-aging mm -hmm. and where there's opportunity within the anti-aging category? Mm -hmm. So in the anti-aging, um, the drivers, uh, actually still the ones I just mentioned, the boomers, um, there's aging population actually globally, not just in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, the millennials, um, basically younger accumulation, uh, uh, population, and then the male consumers too. So the new consumer segments, the young and the male, are also the drivers behind the anti-aging. Well, that's very interesting. So um, looking at natural beauty and personal care, can you explain how consumer perception of beauty products has or is changing when it comes to natural and beauty. Um, and, and I kind of see this like in your presentation, you talked a little bit mm -hmm. uh, about, about beauty, natural beauty appearing in mass retailers versus just specialty retailers, kind of just how consumers are interacting with these brands. Right, so the consumer's perception um, towards natural is shifting towards more um, being holistic about it. Mm -hmm a holistic approach. So not just about using natural position, say skincare products, for example, but is really part of a um, health and the wellness thinking behind. So taking supplements, uh, exercise, even managing stress, um, the, uh, they all contribute to the goal of achieve beauty from uh, inside out. Mm -hmm. So it's a really a balanced and a holistic approach. And then on the other hand, the uh, um, consumers have, have been and then continue to pay more attention to labels um, mm -hmm. towards natural. And then that's about exclusion of specific ingredients, um, but also looking for some certifications and the standards as well. Right. And then in terms of the, you, you mentioned about what are the, uh, I guess the forces are shaping this natural beauty industry, then consumers, we just talked about, they definitely are the driving force, but then also the marketers. There's the ma uh, conventional marketers that use um, basically infused um, plants or natural ingredients in the formulation. Um, and then the, uh, the also the, uh, actually the greenwashing, Perry just talked about in the workshop as well, mm -hmm. is to exclude some of the harmful chemicals that basically give consumer the perception mm -hmm. the no harm chemicals some infusion plant derivatives um, and all extracts and make it very natural appealing and the other set of the uh, marketers are the uh, natural positioned natural marketers they target the masks by providing products uh, that have efficacy um, backed by clinical studies uh, retailers also is another force. Um, so specialty retailers such as Sephora, 
um, Alta. Um, they are definitely at the uh, front end of setting the trend for the natural beauty space. Not only just for topical, again, the beauty supplements, mm -hmm. um, you can see Sephora started carrying that a few years back. Right. And uh, also there's this mark, uh, mass retailers, such as Target, mm -hmm. allocate shelf space to natural products. Right. I, I find that pretty interesting. I think it, it shows... Um, I mean, I guess in my mind, I'm wondering if uh, consumers, because they trust the, the the retailer, like consumers who have always bought products at Sephora or who love shopping at Target, if they're more likely to, um, they're still going to be reading those labels as, as particularly if they're saying, oh, this brand or this retailer has set aside this space for this. Mm -hmm. They've done the research for me. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I think that'll be interesting to see that interplay. Correct. Um, and it's easier for them as well. Right. Yeah. Because it can get confu confusing. Consumers want natural position products, but then there are there w what we incline we call truly natural and naturally inspired. Mm -hmm. So with retailers help them set aside, um, like a target doing allocate shelf space for natural um, brands that helps consumers say okay, what is natural, uh, truly natural versus naturally inspired. Right. Right. That's very interesting like that so uh, you talked about specialty actives uh, during your presentation can you tell us a little bit about uh, what specialty actives are and maybe talk a little bit about opportunities and trends okay so specialty actives uh, it has six categories uh, in uh, our client definition so it has botanicals biotechnology proteins and peptides synthetic actives marine ingredients and enzymes, coenzymes, mm -hmm. so six categories. Um, in, in all the six categories that uh, botanicals, biotechnology, proteins, and peptides are the biggest. So the trends, the uh, uh, micro level, we talk about uh, anti-aging uh, being the largest category in personal care is still going to be the fundamental driver for the uh, specialty actives uh, growth. Mm -hmm. And then there's also uh, sustainable sourcing um, that could impact the growth of um, bota some botanicals and marine ingredients negatively. However, it would support or favor the growth of biotechnology. And then there's regulation side. We talk about in China, it's very difficult to register ingredients that have not been uh, registered before. So that impact is global. Um, other trends, we talk about the, nat the demand for natural products um, and then the uh, um, consumer's desire for high efficacy products. We will continue to give opportunities for ingredients such as botanicals, biotechnology, um, synthetic peptides, and even marine ingredients. Um, other trends like new applications um, such as uh, probiotic-based products and neurocosmetics, um, anti-pollution, they will drive um, the advancement in technology um, from the ingredient supplier side and also the formulator side as well. Wow, there's a lot. <laughs> that's that's a lot. There's a lot going on. There, there is. Yes, usually it's the market's uh, evolution is re really um, sometimes a it, more often times a pull from consumers and the push from the ingredient supplier supplier side and from the side, and uh, sometimes it could be marketers push for certain trends and then create white space opportunity as well. 
Right. And it's so important to consider all of those factors because I feel like sometimes, you know, there's such an emphasis on just consumers. Whereas, mm-hmm. like you said, there's the ingredient, si- the ingredient suppliers play a role, too, and marketers play a role, too. Correct. All kind of impacting this market. Yes. And also the, uh, the distribu- distributors, retailers. Basically, if you look at all these parties, they are they play they play their role and then shape this industry's evolution. Right, right. Well, thank you so much. It was so great to have you in the podcast today, and I loved your presentation. So, thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast, brought to you by Supply Side East. For additional podcasts featuring industry leaders and experts, visit naturalproductsinsider.com.